guys, welcome back to another week of Spill. This week, I have my sister Shanoa on with me. She is on FaceTime, so I'm just going to quickly like apologize for any feedback or if she ends up skipping out and I have to do more editing this podcast. Just bear with us. She lives on the opposite side of the country, but she has some really good things that I felt like we should talk about. So we're kind of just making do with with FaceTime into the microphone. So I do this every episode, but first is just to kind of like tell us a little bit about yourself, about your interests and whatever else you want to say, honestly. I'm trying to go to film school at this point, um, maybe become an apprentice at a tattoo shop. Um, I've been really into my art lately, so I'm trying to kind of focus on that because it's like one of my main main things at the moment just trying to get through life go to college get a job like the rest of us yeah um i think the rest of this this struggling generation (laughs) yeah yeah i think i said she was my sister already did i say that did I already tell yes. Okay, I was, she's my younger sister, if anybody's wondering, okay, just by well, like a year and a half, I think. Yeah, I think. So I guess I will just hop right into it. Um, this episode is definitely going to be heavier, you guys. I'm going to throw in a trigger warning right now that we are going to talk about things ranging from mental health to suicide. So if that's something that will trigger you, I would highly suggest just skipping this episode. Mental health is something that a lot of people kind of stray away from and they don't like to talk about. It's uncomfortable. It can be scary. And there's a lot of stigma around that. So my first question to you is, when did you first start struggling with your mental health? Like in a, in a way that you really noticed that it was affecting your life? Like kind of explain that to everyone. I don't really, like I know that it definitely started like when I was a lot younger, but I don't really think I realized until seventh grade year, like while I was in middle school is when like it kind of got pretty bad. Maybe, no, maybe like sixth grade probably is when it um started getting bad because that was the first time that I had to go to the ER but I feel like that's how it normally is because when I went to my doctors I was kind of explaining what I was going through and how it's like skyrocketed in the last couple of years or whatever and then he was just like telling me well you know you might just notice it now but this this is something that you've probably had since you were a kid so it's probably the same for you like it pretty much stems like yeah. A lot of, I think a lot of mental health, like, it stems when you're a child, you don't really realize it yeah. until you're older, because it's not something that children really learn about, or have access to things where they can learn about it, because, like, we're still developing, we don't understand, you know? Yeah. So, it's hard to realize what those feelings are, why they're happening, you kind of just deal with it, because you're, you're a kid, you know, you're supposed to do kid things, supposed to live your life but knowing knowing me my childhood didn't go that way yeah yeah and I'm thinking about that too now like I I realized I seen that I seen a lot of that like behavior in myself when it comes to mental health but like what like I've always noticed it in me but when you're going to school and you're being a kid and you have other things to focus on for me personally it's like it got worse after I wasn't going to school because I wasn't I didn't just have to suck it up and deal with it anymore. Hey guys I'm going through editing the podcast right now I just wanted to interrupt really quick and remind you guys that we're not professionals we are strictly talking from personal experience so going through this episode 
episode, please remember that we're not trying to tell you that you have to go to a doctor's or you have to take medications to solve your problem, and please just do what you feel is best for you. I understand there's a lot of ways to go about this, I just wanted to make that clear, and we'll get back to the actual podcast. Uh, even my doctor was just like, you know, you, you don't, you don't realize how much you're dealing with until you're not dealing with it anymore, but the average person doesn't have to handle all of those things, and when you start feeling better and you start finding, like, ways, whether it's medication or whatever works for you, that's, that helps you, you're gonna be upset with yourself that you didn't come do this sooner because you shouldn't be handling that much every day. But I think it was a lot worse for me in school because of how badly I cannot socially talk, like, with people. Like, social situations Mm -hmm. made me really uncomfortable. So, and when you're in middle school, you have to do a lot of presentations, have to go in a lot of groups. Like, that stuff always made me nervous and anxious. And it was, like, hard for me to understand because I'm like, why do I feel this way? Because I'm such a talkative person, you know, like... Yeah. Once I talk to one side of them, I'm such a talkative person. Like, I work well with people, but it made me so anxious and nervous anytime I had to do anything. And so I think it might have got worse in school. And then on top of that, when I got to high school, when I was in school, that's when I was being, like, tied with, like, pills and I started doing that. So, like, if I think about it, like, I think school, like, was where it was worse for me because when I got um, expelled... Um, and I was just going to school for two hours a day on a computer, it was so much easier for me to focus and get everything I needed done, and I didn't have as much stress, and I wasn't as upset. I feel like that's also an important difference, though, when I'm, when I'm kind of talking about this, because you have more of a, like, a social anxiety, so that's very different for people with social anxiety versus just generalized anxiety, and I can see how that would make you, like, a lot more upset having to be in school. You, you've been diagnosed, right? Um, I have gone to the hospital, but they didn't really do a diagnosis. I mean, they automatically assumed that because I was in the hospital, they were like, okay, like, we're gonna give, like, she has, like, anxiety, like, and depression, that's automatically what they assume when you go in, Mm -hmm. and that's what they put you on medication for, but I haven't done the entire, the entire thing yet, I have not been able to figure out completely what I have, I've talked to a couple therapists, and they've told me that they think that I might have certain things, but they're not sure. But yeah, I've never gotten a full diagnosis. Like, because you haven't gone like long enough for them to kind no. of okay. Yeah. So I don't want to one hundred percent say yeah that I have certain disorders, but it's highly likely. But that's that that's what they're looking have, into. You just need to take a little bit more steps, basically. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So pretty much what I've been told from what they've told me that it could be BPD and mm-hmm. PTSD. Okay. I think I think I I I mean just knowing like your your backstory, I feel like some PTSD could be there for sure. Yeah. Um after I went for um everything that happened with my best friend, like there's a they, they definitely like ruled that they were like, yeah, you have a lot of trauma because of that. I'm I've already been diagnosed with anxiety. That is one thing I have been diagnosed with. Okay. So it's it's a mess. Like honestly, trying to figure out. But because I'm so anxious, like it's been really hard for me to go 
mm-hmm. to a therapist or a psychiatrist. It's so hard to talk about sometimes. No, it's it's it really like in order to handle your anxiety, you have to go and do these things that cause anxiety and you're not and I have that I've seen that with some of my other friends who are like no I can't like I they just put it off because anxiety is truly like crippling you guys like it's hard to deal with and it's so hard like trying to explain it to someone that doesn't understand either because they're like I don't understand why it's affecting you like I don't I don't get it and it's like I think it's because people people think it's lighter than it is like when that's the thing that sucks about anxiety it's not just feeling anxious sometimes it's it's a horrible like when you genuinely because everybody gets anxious and it still sucks but when you genuinely like struggle with anxiety it can be crippling and hard to do just normal things and people don't understand that. So quickly, I'm going to get into this whole PSA that I have written out. So I'm going to be talking for a minute. So I'm just going to, I'm going to set you down for a minute. So I always feel the need to ask the question of if you have been diagnosed or kind of what they've been telling you, because I mean, like while not being diagnosed doesn't mean that you aren't struggling because I know some people just haven't gone yet, but their struggle is very real. And I'm not saying that it's, it's just important because then you know what you're dealing with and what happens. So you have, you're, you're able to handle that. But also there's a lot of people who just kind of self-diagnose and then it, it, it might be a totally different thing than what they're thinking. So I feel like, you know, like struggling with certain illnesses due to your life circumstance is much different than struggling due to a chemical imbalance. And I'm speaking as like someone who struggled from both sides, that there's different ways I feel like to approach those things. It's just important to know where it's stemming from, but also another PSA, you guys, please just be careful with labeling yourself. I don't want to demean anyone's struggle at all, but this shit is hard and it's super degrading when people take this lighthearted because they get occasionally anxious. I mean, the average person does, but to claim anxiety over those occasions just as an example and I know that's kind of a bad one because a lot of people I feel like a lot of people just kind of go straight to the anxiety thing but there's so many different things like saying that you're bipolar because you get mad quickly when that's a much it's a much different illness you know like there's a lot more to it than just that or just, I don't, you you guys, you guys know, I feel like this is common sense, like saying you're depressed because you were sad one day, like randomly. It's not, it's not quite that. Can I add something? Yes, please do. It's like a derogatory thing because people take it so lighthearted and think it's nothing. Exactly. And that's why there's such a hard, that's why there's such a big stigma around mental health because no one wants to look at it. Everyone thinks it's nothing. And, and it's not. Or it's seen as a trend because I see people get so mad about people, people like thinking that it's cute to be anxious. And I'm like, it's, I mean, I, I don't think that I even personally grasped that when I was younger. Like I didn't understand why that was a, a wrong thing, but getting older and actually struggling with it has really just like, 
it, it was like a kick in the ass to me, I think. Like, it really snapped me out of like, this is exactly why it's wrong because guess what? Now you get to deal with it and it gets to, it showed me how demeaning it was for other people that I don't think I even like, just to kind of be transparent because I know sometimes people don't get it and I was one of those people and now I don't, I mean like struggling with these things is unfortunate, but I, I also got to learn a lot from it. So it's not all terrible. It's just an extra thing that I get to deal with in my life now, I guess. But I can see how it's super demeaning now. And so for those of you who aren't aware, that's all we're kind of trying to do is make you aware because I know that everybody has to learn through these things. Um, And I know that that can be a hard pill to swallow, but if you think you're genuinely struggling, please consult a professional, um, whatever you have the means to, like however you can get help, just try and get help if you think you're really struggling with a problem. Like I said before, this is kind of common sense and I know people say this all the time, but I just wanted to put it out there because like I said, when I was younger, I didn't understand, but now that I'm going through it, I can see that it's frustrating. So I just hope that you guys are kind of learning if you weren't aware and just making yourself aware because that's a big reason I brought Chanel on is we're, we're both struggling with these things and I have some other people I'm going to bring on for mental health um, reasons and some people who are much more educated than even I am that can really spread some awareness and we'll keep we'll keep trying but anyways that was a a super long so you've experienced a mental hospital and if anyone was wondering I did already talk to Chanel about all this beforehand and she agreed that she was okay to talk about this I just wanted to throw that out there but can you tell us about that experience and kind of what tell us also like what led to you being taken there that day like the whole thing at school so um all right it was just a normal day of school like started like things were okay um things were already going wrong with my best friend at this point she had already been gone for a couple months like she was gone for like a whole week like at the hospital so I I assumed she was okay like and I was in school I was actually I can't remember no I was in micro class and I was sitting at my desk, and you're not supposed to have phones in class or anything, but in this class, we kind of all sneak them, and I got a text, and all it said was Kim died. I had no idea what was going on, because it was posted all over Facebook, I didn't have 4G or internet at the time, and one of my best friends texted me, and all I got was Kim died. So... I automatically just turned around to one of my friends and I was like, I need to leave this classroom now. I was like, I seriously need to leave. You need to tell him I need to leave. Like, I can't do this. So I walked in the middle of the hallway. She was with me. I collapsed in the middle of the hallway, called my mom, was bawling on the phone. I was like, I don't know what happened. I, 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 I told her to check Facebook, figure out what was going on. I, I had no idea. I, ha- I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And what pisses me off even more is I was walking down the hallway and some asshole decided to bring it up to me again and was like, I'm so sorry about what happened, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I know, like, it's hard for you, but it just pissed me off so much in that moment because I was so upset over it. And anything said to me at that point, even if it was sweet, just, just made me mad. So I called my mom. I was freaking out. So I went to my counselor and she, I, sorry, that was my dog, but she had already spoken to me about my best friend, which is why I chose to go to her, because I, I apologize for my dog again, but we had talked about her multiple times before, because she messaged me, telling me, like, my best friend messaged me, 
about a month before this telling me she was going to kill herself. And I thought she did it that day. She ended up in the mental hospital, though. So my counselor called her school, and I was told that she was okay. So I went back, and I looked at her, and I was like, do you remember my friend Kim? And she looked at me, and she's like, yeah. And I was like, she died. And automatically, she told the person, like, in her office, she was like, she told the person to go, and she, like, pulled me in her office. And at this point, like, I was just... Because... I deal with pain with anger a lot of the time. Yeah, me too. And so I'm bawling. I'm upset. I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, it was just, it was just so, like, such a hard time for me to, like, think about. Because I I had just seen her right before prom. Had just seen her. And that was the last time I saw her. I don't even, I don't even think we talked again. Other than when she got out of the hospital. So... That, that was the last time I saw her, last time I talked to her. And knowing that that's the last time and all I did was hug her and say, hey, like, it's so hard for me because I'm like, that was, like, the last time, like, I ever held her, ever saw her, ever heard her voice, mm-hmm. like, in person. But anyways, so I called my mom at this time, and I'm, I'm cussing at my mom. I'm flipping out. The counselor is telling me I need to calm down or she's mm-hmm. going to have to end the phone call. Um, my mom threatened to get me sent away if I didn't go get help. Things just escalated a lot. They were they were really bad at this point. So I already told my counselor, I was like, like if, if I'm being honest, I was like, I, I can't do this. I was freaking out. And I had already talked to her about killing myself before. And so she was like, they, they couldn't send me home after this point. Like, she's legally not allowed to send me home. Because if of you're... what we were talking about. Yeah, if you're showing signs. Yeah. Yeah. So, she's legally not allowed to send me home. She either has to call the cops or, in this case, she called my parents, told them they had to take me to the ER for a behavioral evaluation. And, like, at this point, like, before this even happened, like, I've told Bria before, before this even happened, I, I was already planning on killing myself. I had the plan, like, I, I, I stuck to it, like, I was just waiting for, like, the perfect moment, and this was, like, the last thing that kind of pushed me over the edge, because, like, I was genuinely in love with my best friend for years, so even now, like, it's been over a year, and it's still re- something really hard for me to cope with and think about, Yeah. but, so I went to the ER, and they ask, they do a whole body evaluation to check, like, for self-harm. They ask you what's going on. I was in there from 12 in the morning until 12 p.m. Jeez. Waiting for them to find a psych to send me to. They couldn't accept me in the one that was closest because they didn't have beds. And we found one that was about to have a bed that opened up. The person was just getting out that day. So we had to wait all day for them to get out, them to process papers, blah, blah, blah. So this place was like an hour and like 50 minutes away. So we, I don't, I, we left the hospital and we didn't get to psych. I was in the like ambulance chilling, you know, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it was so funny to talk about because I always laugh about it and try to make humor, but I'm chilling, yeah. I'm chilling, you know, freezing my ass off in the back of this 
fucking ambulance, and they're playing gross-ass country music. <laughs> and we all know how I feel about that. So, you know, some songs I'm okay with, but anytime a good one would come on, the driver would switch it. So on top of it, like, that just made everything so much better. Anyways, I ended up falling asleep, and I woke up, and we were there. And it's freezing, it's awkward, I hate how hospital buildings look, I hate doctors, it makes me anxious. So we walk in there. And I'm in this freaking, like, my ass is out. Like, I'm in this fucking hospital gown, okay? (laughs) Your ass is out. um, It's not funny. It's kind of funny. (laughs) So, I have to talk to this guy. Alright. And this is the worst part, because I didn't know that I could kick my parents out of the room. Oh. And so, they were with me when I had to ask all these, answer all these questions. And this guy was asking me questions about, like, things like sex, things like drug use, things like etc etc and mm-hmm. i had to admit to everything and my parents were there in the room when it happened oh, God. so sadly after years of hiding all these things about myself yeah. and keeping it all a secret all my secrets were let out and you know it's already bad like when your best friend just killed herself you were already planning on killing yourself and your parents are looking at like sitting there mm-hmm. and you can tell how disappointed they are even though you're in that situation Mm -hmm. and they were genuinely upset genuinely like I know they were but at that time like I didn't see it that way I just thought they were upset with me and disappointed and disgusted because that's how I was feeling at that time I was so down I I couldn't realize that people actually cared about me Mm -hmm. so after this they transfer me to a room it's about five in the morning how great right so I have to do a full body audit, blah, 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 disgusting, that makes me so angry. I had to be naked in front of this lady that had, like, hardly any teeth. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not kidding, okay? We're in West Virginia. What do you think? <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so anyways, I'm sorry that I'm laughing over this situation, but it's the only it's, way for me to But it's you your situation, so it's not like it matters. You're not laughing at somebody else. You're laughing at yeah, yourself. I just so. feel like a lot of people, like, when I make humor of it, they think I'm, like, joking and, like, it's, it's not serious. It's, but, like, no, 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 no. this is a really serious problem for me, guys. It's a coping mechanism, but real yes. quick, I'm going to interrupt you just to say, guys, this is, like, a judgment-free zone, okay? This is what this podcast is, so I don't want to see shit about bad comments about her laughing at her own situation because that's how she copes with it, and that's fine, so. You know, I had to do that, and then, you know, I have, like, you're allowed to wear the clothes that you wore in there mm-hmm. if they're suitable so you can't have anything that has like metal on it you can't wear anything that has like strings so I'm wearing my work t-shirt and Mm -hmm. then I then got fired because I couldn't show up for work y'all because I was in the hospital so isn't that great I'm in my work t-shirt and they fire me when I get out (laughs) anyways so no, I'm in my work tee, like, my hair's a mess, my face's a mess, I'm not wearing makeup, I look disgusting, alright? So, they tell me they're gonna let me sleep in the morning. You wanna know what these bitches do? They wake me up at 7.45 in the fucking morning, when I didn't go to bed until after 5am. Do y'all really think that's gonna help me? So, I'm still anxious. I wake up anxious, like, every morning, alright? It freaks me out. Of course, I'm in the hospital, I don't know where the fuck I am, like, I'm anxious. My heart rate was insane. Like, I could not breathe. Like, my heart was beating so fast. And I'm sitting, like, we're, like everybody's, like, sitting at these, like, 
tables, like, eating breakfast, and I'm sitting in the corner, like, by myself, and then, you know, these sweet girls that are actually, like, some of my best friends right now, like, tell me I can come sit over at their table, and I'm, like, anxious the whole time, like, I'm not eating, like, I do not care, I was, like, I want to be out of here, and it's just, I was there for a week. Mm -hmm. When I got out, my anxiety was so much worse Mm -hmm. from when I went in. After I got out, things were a lot worse for me, because... Everybody thought I was insane. Yeah. Which was really hard for me to deal with because, you know, like, when when stuff like this happens, people know about it. Things spread fast. So, when I got out of the hospital, I had over 77 notifications, and some things were extremely rude, and, and a lot of things were about my best friend, and I couldn't read it this time. Like, I'm telling you guys, I stared out a dark window every single night and bawled my bawled my eyes out to sleep. Every single night. And I was in there for a week. And, you know, it's hard because I would watch people come in and they'd be there for two days and leave. And I was stuck there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just want to get out. I just want to leave. I don't want to be here anymore. And, you know, because my parents were so far, they couldn't visit me a lot either. And you only get a 10-minute phone call a day, and you're only allowed to call one person. And because of that, I didn't talk to my family that I live with a lot because I'm so close with my mother that I called her a lot. And I actually didn't call her one night, and she was extremely freaked out by it. I was in the hospital on Mother's Day, guys. Mm -hmm. On Mother's Day, and... I'm super close with my mom. I'm super close with my stepmom now. So at that time, I was only able to talk to each of them for five minutes. This is so weird to talk about it because I don't care about this person anymore. But I was with a person at this time. It was someone I've been attached to for a couple of years. It was one of my exes. I was really close with him. And I asked my mom if she could tell him I was in the hospital so he knew what was going on and knew that I was okay. And every single time I called her, I'd ask her if he answered, or if he replied, or if he said anything at all. And every single day, it was a no. It was really hard for me, because I was like, this person that I care about and love so much does not not care about me at all. And my best friend is dead. And my family just found out tons of shit about me that I never wanted to put out there. I was like, people are going to think I'm crazy, like, I don't know, like, my my friends are probably worried, what if my friends thought I killed myself, like, what if something happens to them because I'm in here, like, there's just so much going through my head at the time, and thankfully I did have a couple friends message my mom, and, um, find out what was going on, talk to me, and find out what was going on, and that did help a lot, but when I got out, I didn't talk to anyone. Other than, let's just call him D. I was talking to this guy. It was the only guy I talked to when I got out. I actually ignored a lot of my friends. His name was D. And I went to school. And I sat with him and his friends instead of my own at the time. And he had two of his friends and himself take me to every single class. So no one would talk to me. Because I was that upset by everything. And at one point, I had to take my hospital note to the office to 
actually be able to get back into class. And I passed a couple of my friends, and they were like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry about what happened to, like, your friend, like, blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was just so hard for me because, like, I didn't want them to think that I didn't care about them or, like, that I didn't like them after I got out of the hospital. But it was so hard for me to communicate with people and show my emotions after the whole thing. And, like, I just felt, like, it was people that, like, hated me. Like, people that, like, didn't like me and I had problems with, like, they they didn't talk to me until I got out of the hospital. And it kind of shows that, like, when things like this happen, people will completely change towards you. And that's really sad. But at the same time, like, these were friends that I, I loved, you know, like, but... Then we had some falling out, so they didn't talk to me until after this, but I was so, so happy, like, they talked to me again after this point, because I was in such a bad place, but I honestly only talked to a couple people when I got out. I started failing my classes, because I wouldn't do my work. If I'm being honest, I'd sit there and stare at a blank page the entire class. I actually ended up failing one of my classes that year. But, like, the whole situation, I ended up back in therapy. I was on medication, but medications weren't helping me. I stopped going to therapy. So, like, I'm at where I'm at now. From that experience, like, with the hospital, I can't honestly say that I learned anything or that it helped me because it's it's honestly how society is. I'm not going to blame it on the hospital, but it's how society sees you after a situation like that happens because mental health does have a big stigma. And I saw a lot of people, like, commenting about me saying how I was insane, like, how, like, just all, all this crazy stuff. And then on top of it, like, I had to see more things about my best friend killing herself every single day for, like, months, mm-hmm. for, for months. And I had to see people that never knew her talk about her. I had to see people that were horrible horrible people towards her lie and say how they loved her it was so hard for me because like I I was so in love with her and she's never going to know I'm not I'm no I'm not saying I love her now that she's dead like I I was in love with her before she was dead like no I remember that it was just a really bad place for me even after I got of the hospital I was still like self-harming and I was still trying to get drugs and like drink anytime I could because those were just the unhealthy coping mechanisms I used mm-hmm. for so long. And it was what I was comfortable with. So it was still a really bad time for me after I got out of the hospital. And I know tons of people that get out and are doing so much better. But for me and my best friend, like it, it wasn't it wasn't like that for us. So my next questions were of course to ask if that was helpful for you or if you learned anything and you attacked both of those in your response saying no before I even asked the question, honestly. But um, so I guess if you had not had that experience where you got out and the, the reason people have that stigma of thinking that you're crazy or you're insane when you get when they find out that you had to go to the mental hospital is honestly because they are not educated about mental health and about what what happens when you go through this um and that's on them and I hope that they find somewhere that they can learn because clearly from your experience that was very harmful to you 
And that happens to a lot of people where that's just so harmful because they don't take the time to educate themselves on this rather than giving, like, if they just took the time, they could give you the love and support that you required and they are completely failing doing that. So hopefully, I don't know, if you have people like that, send them this podcast and maybe they can learn a little bit. But so I guess the question now is if that was not your experience, if you did not experience people, um having all of these incorrect assumptions of of your character do you think going to the hospital and being kept away from the public for a while and just having the people there who relate to you do you think that is beneficial if you don't have to worry about those people the bhts that worked there were incredible i mean not every single one of them but there was a couple like that did help a lot Mm -hmm. and it was it was a lot easier being in there with them there But if I'm being honest, the people I was surrounded by that had gone through the same experiences, like, that is what helped. I actually made one of my best friends, like, while I was in there, and she is, like, one of the closest people to me, one of my main supporters to this day, and it's been over a year now. And we're incredibly close. Like, we don't live near each other, we don't see each other, but we talk a lot. And so that did help, but the the hospital experience itself yes keeping me keeping me out of my house away from things I could harm myself with and keeping me out of an area where I would easily have been able to kill myself is a good thing but Mm -hmm. it did not help help me other than keep me protected which is pretty much the goal of the hospital so it it helped me physically to keep myself from harming myself, but, mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily help me mentally. And when I got out, I did have a big problem trying to readjust to things. And yeah. I, it, it, it's just really hard. And my medication wasn't working either. Which and happens then, a lot, by the way, you guys. So guys, if you are on medication and it's not helping... Don't think that you're never going to find something. I've been on four different medications that have not worked for me, but have worked amazing for other people. So you just have to keep trying. And I know that it's really hard and tiring. And it can be really hard on how you feel because you're like, it's not working. Like, I'm never going to get better. But I've been on multiple medications. None of them helped me. And I've stopped those medications. And I'm actually... Sometimes I think that I'm better off with them, so at least try them to see if they will help you. Sometimes you will try them and learn that you're better without them. It's just, it's a whole process you will have to go through, and it will be hard sometimes. Sometimes you have to go through really hard experiences to realize you can be okay. Okay, getting closer to the end of this, what is, what is something that you want people to know about people struggling with suicidal thoughts? Oh, gosh. That's such a hard question. That's a heavy... Yeah, that's a heavy question. People are struggling every single day. Every single day, there's a person out there struggling. You do not know what someone is dealing with personally. I mean, let's say you're going through a horrible experience. Someone else could be going through the exact same experience dealing with it the same exact way and maybe they're better at hiding it but you don't know what someone's going through personally so 
do do not be rude to others for how they are feeling. Do not act like an asshole because you feel like you're the only one with a problem. For a long time, I would dismiss other people's issues because I thought mine were terrible. I thought no one else was going through it. I thought no one else understood. And so I, I was a huge bitch to everyone. So learn from my mistake there that... You need to understand that there's other people around you that are having problems, and you need to understand that just because you're okay, it doesn't mean other people are. So you need to be very careful with your words, because a lot of people, when they're struggling, one thing could push them to the edge, and it could be something simple. Coming from me, I've I've been in situations where I have been extremely emotionally abused, not just by people I've been with, but by people that are family, by people that are close to me. And those things will stick with me every single day, especially nope. <laughs> if I'm having an episode. If I'm having an episode, those things are with me through it. So you, yeah. you need to be very careful with your words. And on top of that, with people, like if you are in a situation where you want to kill yourself or you're thinking about it, you may feel like no one in the world cares. And you may feel like nothing is ever going to get better. And I've been in that situation trust me and I've been in I've been in the shoes of someone where I get pissed off because people tell me it's going to get better Mm -hmm. and now I'm that person okay so just take it from me I've been told my whole life it's gonna get better it's gonna get better but just take this from me okay because I'm gonna be blunt and honest things are going to get better but like I've always told people struggling things could get worse before they get better Things could get 10 times worse before they get better. And things could get better and then drop and get worse again. But you still have to fight for those moments that are going to be better. Maybe you think your parents don't care about you, okay? Like I did. Like I did. But you, you have to remember that maybe your family is struggling. Maybe they don't know how to talk to you. Like, I've never been close to my family, so coming from me, my family never knew how to communicate with me or how to get through to me because I was so stubborn and I was so rude to the point where me being rude hurt other people, so people didn't want to talk to me, people didn't want to help me. So that's another thing, be careful with your words, especially if you're trying to seek help, like, you can't be an asshole to people and expect them not to do it to you and then play victim either. You know what is, I, I really just want to point out a couple things, um... So first of all, I love the fact that you are open to admitting, like, learn from my mistake. I'm telling you not to do these things because I have already done them. And I think that shows so much growth in your your character. And we've never, guys, we've never had this conversation before. So we've talked a little bit about this, but I've never heard those words come from Shanoa's mouth ever. And so this is just like a really amazing moment for me to see how far you've come, especially with these terrible experiences that are still terrible and they're still going to stick with you, but they've really pushed you to grow as a person. And I'm really glad that you were able to come talk with me because I'm, I, I got that. I got that on the podcast now and now we can spread that to other people. And I think that's a really good message. Like I'm, I'm, guys okay when I was going I was going through all of this after the summer Mm -hmm. I was going through a lot and I'm not saying like I don't want to say that it wasn't other people's faults in this too but it was also mine and I'm not going to say what happened but some of the people I was staying with there was a lot of problems there was a lot of fights and it was really hard for them 
as it was me. And you have to think about it. That That's people that cared about me, too. These people cared about me. These people loved me. And the last thing they wanted to see was me struggling and me dealing with this. And all they were trying to do was help me. And all I did was attack them. Yeah. So, if I understand that you may think that they don't care... And you may think that they're horrible, and you may think that it's okay to lash out like that, but it is not. And I'm, I'm, like, I've been horrible to my own mother, guys, to my own mom, like, my flesh and blood, like, the person who gave birth to me. And never in a million years did I think I'd act like that towards my mom, of all people. And I did. I was horrible. I was nasty. And there, there is some reasons where I was was but at the same time I feel like I could have controlled myself more so if you are going through these experiences just just please don't be rude to other people that are trying to help you like if you want help and people are trying to help you don't push it away don't act like an asshole because you like for me like let me explain like I would preach how I wanted help so much but when people tried to give it I wouldn't want to go I wouldn't want to do it yeah, and, and I've seen angry. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing not- is, you guys, if on top of that, if you want, if you if you have people who are trying to help you and they're not helping you in the correct way, educate them. Don't lash out. Don't push them away like Shanoa is saying. You need to let them know what they can do for you. Jake's phone's going to die soon, so I'm going to, like, try and hurry and wrap up the last couple things. The last, <laughs> the last thing, so unless you already said it. Um, do you have any PSAs or anything else that you want to add for this episode? Like, I'll have you back and we can dive into some more things because we definitely will. And if any listeners have any questions, by the way, that you want us to answer or talk about, please reach out to me on social media. It's at Cranberry on Twitter and Instagram. That's C-R-A-N-B-R-E-E on Twitter and Instagram. But if you have any other PSAs that you want to throw out real quick, go ahead. Okay, so for the longest time, guys, I thought no coping mechanism would ever help help me, and I pushed everything away. Like, anytime someone would try to give me a coping mechanism, I'd be like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. So, take, try things, guys. No matter what it is, you may hate exercise, but try it. You may hate coloring, but try it, okay? Because you don't know what's going to help you, when you're, what's not, and what is going to help you in a bad moment, okay? Yeah. I hate physical exercise. I hate it. I hate <laughs> Me it. But guess what? <laughs> I hate but it. But guess what, y'all? Guess what? When you go to the gym, endorphins are released in your brain, which is a happy feeling chemical, and it will help you. Mm-hmm. Okay? I know from personal experience, so please just try things. I mean, I, sh- I use art. I use music. Poetry. I, I do still... Like, coming from me, I do still have unhealthy coping mechanisms, but I'm working on it, so y'all should, too. Now, like, stay safe. Don't get yourselves in any trouble, but... Yes, <laughs> yeah. Don't be like me, guys. Yeah. Learn from my mistakes. But definitely try things like meditation, yoga, that can also help. Like, we're giving you advice, but we're still working on it ourselves, guys, so this is not coming from people who are already pros. If people want to find you on online and, and chat with you about all this, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on my Instagram. It is weird.honey, W-E-I-R-D dot H-O-N-E-E-E-Y. So three and, E's. Yes, three <laughs> E's. And then on my, 
Twitter. It's a weird honey again, but instead of a dot, it's an underscore. And if you can't reach me on either of those platforms, you should be able to. I have my messages open. You can reach me on Snapchat at Shanoa Swick, which is C-H-E-N-O-A-S-W-I-C-K. And on top of that, there's also meditation apps you can look at on mm-hmm. your phone. So try to download those. Those worked for me a lot. Awesome. Okay, and then if you guys have trouble with her username for some reason, you can find her through my Instagram um, which I already gave you, but if you just go to, like, my following, I think you can search on there for, I don't know, you could probably, you could probably just search weird and it'll pop up, but, um, hopefully you guys don't have problems, just remember the dot and underscore and then three E's, and that is it for this week, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in, make sure to give a review if you have one, hopefully it's good, on iTunes, because that'll help me share this podcast with your friends if you enjoy it or if you're learning a lot, Um, and you can also check out my YouTube channel, which you can find through my Instagram, and I'm active there. Otherwise, we will see you guys next week or whenever I end up uploading the next podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.